What the cross promises marriage is fresh starts and new beginnings. There was a couple who was arguing over the next vehicle that they were going to buy. And the man, well, he wanted a big four-wheel truck where you had to have a ladder to get in. And the woman, she wanted this nice little sports car. So they talked about this over uh, a couple of months. And finally the woman said, listen, <laughs> I want a sports car. I want something that will go from zero to 180 in four seconds. So you're going to get that for me because you love me. And I have a big birthday coming up, and uh, I hope to be surprised. Because if I'm not surprised, let's just say you're going to be kind of lonely if you get my drift. Well, birthday day comes and she looks outside and there's nothing there and then she looks in the garage and there's nothing there and she starts to become very angry and uh, upset and she's uh, disappointed and she goes up to the bathroom to get set for the day and all of a sudden she noticed something on the floor there's a red ribbon around a brand new scale. Something that could go from zero to 180 in four seconds. So. Yeah, conflict is just a part of marriage. Now, I want to talk to you guys just... One-on-one -on -one here, I, something that has always confounded me. Now, now, let's just think about this, okay? You have two people who are dating each other, and they are just enthralled with one another. Their lives have been transformed. They've never experienced so much joy in their lives. They, they realize that, oh, this is the person. I can't get enough of this person. I have never loved a person more than I've loved this person in my entire life. So they get married. Ten years later, they get divorced. And they have just been brutal to each other. They have cut each other to shreds. They have been vengeful. They have been so angry and so bitter towards one another. And they share with you, they say, you know what? There has never been a person on earth that I have hated more than this person. Now, how does that work? How can you go from having this person you're so deeply in love with 
to ten years later hating this person more than anyone on earth. That really is a strange thing, isn't it? Well, there's a lot of reasons why that happens. First of all is that uh, two people get married and they have unrealistic expectations. They think that this person is going to meet all of their needs. And uh, they also think that they're the first couple in civilization that are going to, again, not have all the problems that other people have because they have such a deep love uh, for one another. Another problem is that as they get to know one another, the dark side comes out. The dark side. What happens is is that a month after the marriage, whenever, you start to notice things about your spouse. Before, your spouse was just kind of laser-focused on you. That's all they cared about. You were the number one thing in your life. And all of a sudden, their interests and their focus have become diffused. They have a lot of things they're interested in. And they're not paying as much attention to you. They're not talking to you as much as they were before. They're not serving you as much. And you find out they're kind of messed up. The more you talk... And the more you get to know them, they just are kind of weird. They weren't that way when they were dating. You were dating them, I mean. You were dating them. When we're dating, we're on our best behavior, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we dress really nicely. And uh, we just, again, live to serve them and love them. Uh, All kinds of laughter. All kinds of great experiences. We're very careful in what we reveal about ourselves, fearing that they might find out the true person, (laughs) the monster within. And, uh, yeah, and and we're so romantic. Oh, my, we just go over the top sometimes. I think about myself, and I would have married myself. I I mean, I was just a wonderful guy, Uh, you know? who I was, again, portraying myself to be. And I was, sincerely, uh, again, but (laughs) you know how it is? But as you get to know a person, you get to know who they really are, and then you start to have all kinds of disagreements, and uh, you start fighting about everything. I mean, you're fighting about money, you're fighting about sex, you're fighting about... Who's going to spend time where? What you're going to do this weekend? You have kids. You start fighting about the kids. How you discipline the kids? Who's taking care of the kids? You start fighting about who's doing what in the household. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. And uh, one morning you wake up and you have this realization. You say, I have married a loser. And I'm stuck with this person for the rest of my life. And that's pretty depressing, isn't it? When you realize that I have married a loser and I'm stuck with this person for the rest of my life. Now, what happens in some marriages, if you don't, again, seek to keep your marriage healthy, it leads to divorce. Now, this this confounds me even more. All right, so. 
this person has been through one marriage and they say, you know what, I think I'm going to give another shot at it because I married the wrong person. Obviously, that was the problem, right? I married the wrong person. Well, no, you didn't marry the wrong person. You married a loser. What's a loser? A, per- a loser is a person uh, who is a self-absorbed sinner. A self-absorbed sinner. And you know what? We're all losers. We're all self-absorbed sinners. We're just struggling with sin all the time. And through the power of Christ, we can have victory, but we'll be struggling with it to the end of time. And if you're married and you're committed for a lifetime, you're going to be struggling with sin with your mate for the rest of your life. But what really surprises me is that people, again, find a person that transforms their world and brings them such great joy, and they think that if they get married again, things are going to be different this time. And you know why they think this? Is because they do not realize that they are a part of the problem. There's two problems in marriage, the man and the wife. They're two losers, self-absorbed sinners. Many times when a person goes to marry again, they say, well, that person, maybe they'll say, yeah, there's some issues with me, but that person, they were really a loser, okay? So I'm going to find somebody uh, who, you know, deserves me. And I tell you what, if I were, you know, if I were to get married again, which I don't plan to do, uh, but if I were to get married again and I had a bad marriage that ended in divorce, I'm thinking I would do everything I could to find out who this person is. If I've been burned once, I'm not going to be burned again. So I'm going to get, uh, first of all, a psychologist, and I'm going to have this person uh, sit down with a psychologist and do a full battery of tests to find out how psychologically healthy uh, they are and dealing with a relationship. I'm going to hire a private investigator. I'm going to have this person interview key people in their life who would really know who they are. Like, for example, their parents. Their parents really know them. So sit down with their parents. I say to this private investigator and find out, you know, where their weaknesses are, issues from their childhood. And then I I would sit down with their maybe ex-spouse if they have one and other friends. And I say, tell me the worst. I want to know the worst. I have been through so much pain through my first marriage. Why would I want to do this again? So I want to make sure this person is not a loser. But do people do that? Well, no. They think, well, this person is much better than my old spouse, and I'm still the great person that I am, and so everything is going to work out. And that's why the cycle goes over and over again and why there's so much divorce And there's so much pain. It's because we are losers. We are self-absorbed sinners. Look at James. James chapter 4, 1 through 2. It says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. So what causes fights and 
marriage relationships. They come from our desires, my desire, my wife's desire, and, and our desires are battling. I want it this way. No, I want it this way. I want it this way. And we go back and forth and back and forth. Dan wants something, but Dan can't get it. Now, I'm not going to kill. <laughs> but Dan can't have what he wants sometimes. That's the nature of relationships in general. If you're a single person, this is all about relationships, whether you're married or not. But specifically, we're applying it to marital relationships. But friends, this is our world. You turn on the news. You study any organization. It comes right down to the fact that we are all losers. Self-absorbed sinners. And we continue to sin against one another. I don't care how healthy, how spiritually oriented your relationship is with your spouse, you're going to continue to sin against them until the day you die because you are a self-absorbed sinner. Now, again, we always tend to think that we're a little better than our spouse, like it says in our next passage. Uh, let's go back to the other one. Oh, there it is. Matthew 7, 3. Jesus Christ said, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? So we always look at our spouse and say, Well, they're the ones with the plank. Uh, we don't... Uh, well, they're the ones with the problem. We're, we're the ones with the more significant problem, right? Everything is so skewed. So, I want you to listen very closely to me. This is the key to a healthy marriage. This is the key, all right? You need to learn to say these two words. I'm sorry. Okay? Why don't you say that with me? I'm sorry. How about three words? I was wrong. I was wrong. That's where you stop. You don't go on to give an explanation and five different reasons and the way the parent, your parents brought you up. and <laughs> I'm a sinner and I have sinned against you. It's all about repentance. We see that in... Uh, James chapter 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Therefore confess your sins to each other. Friends, if you're going to have a healthy marriage, that is a habit. That is something that needs to be a regular part of your relationship confessing your sins. Now, this particular passage is talking specifically about spiritual and physical healing. But I think it's a principle we can relate to marriage that we need to confess our sins to each other and pray for each other. We need to pray that we'd have a healthy marriage and that we'd have the, the spiritual maturity to confess our sins to one another in order that our marriages might be healed. Now, again, remember, you are a self-absorbed sinner. I think about my relationship with Lori, and I'm, I'm a bigger sinner than she is. There is no doubt about it. I am more selfish. I am more prideful. I am more petty. 
I'm more insensitive, and the list goes on. You see, if I have that type of mentality, you see how it transforms my marital relationship? It's not about her, it's about me. It's about, Dan, you are a sinner. (laughs) You need to continually be aware of that on a daily basis. And you need to die to that sinful self with the power of Jesus Christ. And you need to serve your wife. And you, and she's a sinner too, but you need to focus on your sin. And you need to constantly be, you need to constantly repent to her when you blow it. Because you're going to blow it a lot. And so I need just to get into the habit of saying, I'm sorry, Lori. I was wrong. Lori, and, and, and just think about your own life. When is the last time you said that to your spouse? I'm sorry. I was wrong. And if it's been a long time, if you haven't said it this year, you have issues. Number one, you're, you're prideful. I can't imagine going through four months of the year without sinning against a spouse when you're in that close proximity. <laughs> right? So, friends, you need to go home. And you need to sit down with God and say, God, i got a pride issue. Because I have not confessed my sin. I, certainly, Lord, I have sinned since January 1st against my spouse. And would you please show that to me? Because, Lord, I might be so prideful and arrogant, I can't even see it. And would you give me the humility to go to my spouse and say, I can't think of anything, so could you tell me? (laughs) You know? You know, this is the heart of marriage, friends, is realizing you are a sinner, realizing you need the power of Christ to live and to love your spouse and to repent on a regular basis. So I want to say that just as an introduction here. I'm going to give you some practical advice about how to move through conflict. But that is the bottom line. If you do not start there, if that is not the fundamental foundation of your understanding of who you are in relationship to your spouse, that you are a self-absorbed sinner and you're going to struggle with it for the rest of your life and Jesus Christ has to come into the deepest parts of your life and clean you out, but in the midst of it you're going to have to continue to practice repentance. You're going to have to continue to say, I'm sorry, you're going to have to continue to ask forgiveness. If you don't understand that, the rest of the stuff is not going to be that helpful to you. All right. Well, let's look at how to fight fair. How to fight fair. This is a helpful list that you can go through and reference to. Uh, I've taught on this many times in the past. Uh, But again, it's it's a good way to approach issues in your marriage. The first thing is you need to choose an issue to work on. And there's all kinds of issues in marriage, isn't there? Now, some of you men who really know cars, 
uh, you're a, a car listener. You're always listening to your car, and you know, you know when it just starts to sound different. My dad was like that. He, he said, Dan, do you hear that? Do you hear that? And I'm thinking, what are you talking about, Dad? I am not a car listener. <laughs> a two by four. But, uh, yeah, you hear that, Dan? I said, no, Dad, I, I, I don't hear that. Uh, but then you get a, a guy buddy to come in and listen to your car, right? Your wife can't hear it. Your kids can't hear it. Oh, 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 how can you live with that sound? <laughs> yeah, so you have to take it to the car whisperer. That's your mechanic. <laughs> because they can listen and they can heal your car. Well, that's how we need to approach our marriages. We need to listen to our marriages. We need to be attentive to them. We need to sense when things are not going right, when the system is breaking down. Now, in order to do this, we need to have an attitude of, I want, 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 I want